the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, April the 23rd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 23rd, 1969, Sirhan Sirhan was sentenced to death for assassinating New York Senator Robert F. Kennedy. The sentence was later reduced to life imprisonment. Today, in 1616, William Shakespeare died in Stratford-upon-Avon on what was traditionally thought to be his 52nd birthday. I guess he didn't want anybody to know for sure how old he was, so he didn't tell anyone. Maybe he didn't know what his birthday was. I don't know. But that's assumed that today was his birthday. Today in 1789, President-elect George Washington and his wife Martha, they moved into the first executive mansion. That was the Franklin House in New York. Washington, D.C. had not yet been birthed. Today in 1898, Spain declared war on the United States. That responded two days later to our declaring war upon them. Today in 1943, U.S. Navy Lieutenant John F. Kennedy, he assumed command of the PT-109. It was a motor torpedo boat. I think most of us remember those stories. They were in the Solomon Islands during World War II. On August the 2nd, 1943, that same pt a uh, 109 boat was rammed. Kennedy was on board in charge. It was rammed and sunk by Japanese destroyer. Killed two of the crew members, but Kennedy and 10 others survived. Today, in 1988, a federal ban on smoking during domestic airline flights of two hours or less went into effect. Today, in 1998, James Earl Ray, who confessed to assassinating the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., then he insisted that he'd been framed well, he died in Nashville today in 1998. He was 70 years old. And today in 2005, the recently created website YouTube, it uploaded its first clip, very first one. It was titled Me at the Zoo. And it showed the YouTube co-founder, Jawed Karim, or Karim, standing in front of an elephant at the San Diego Zoo. That was today in 2005. That's just 15, 16 years ago. YouTube doesn't release any of their official uh, or the exact numbers, their official data or exact numbers of their videos. But I was looking at that earlier today when I, I knew that I was going to tell you that they started today in 2005. Every minute, 500 plus hours of content, every minute, 500-plus hours of content is uploaded on YouTube. That means that 82.2 years of content is uploaded every day on YouTube. 82.2 years. So hypothetically, if you wanted to watch all the videos uploaded in one day on YouTube, you couldn't do it, I mean, it's not likely, in your lifetime. It's unbelievable. YouTube reaches 95% of the 
of the total Internet population worldwide. Every day, YouTube viewers watch over 1 billion hours of video. I guess I find myself asking, man, why do those people have so much time on their hands? I don't know. Anyway, the House of Representatives passed legislation yesterday that would give statehood to Washington, D.C. That would make it the 51st state of the U.S. The bill would designate Washington, D.C. as Washington Douglas Commonwealth. Washington Douglas Commonwealth, not to be confused with just plain old Washington State, way out here 3,000 miles from the center of power in America, as they see it. Republicans are arguing that the move is unconstitutional and that Democrats want D.C. statehood in order to add two Democratic senators in Congress, as well as one Democrat representative in the House. Well, it's exactly right, and they should be arguing it. They should be taking a stand. The Democrats' D.C. statehood scheme is about two things, consolidating power and enacting radical policies. I think American people see right through it, and most of the Republicans, the leaders, do as well. We'll see what they can do about it. But the likelihood of D.C. becoming a state would mean that Senate Democrats would need at least 10 Republicans to jump on board. So we say, good. Well, that probably won't happen. However, if they, and they, they, are, they are talking about it now, If they abolish the filibuster, that creates a whole chain of events. But one of the events that that does, if they abolish it, and they're talking about doing it, means that then a simple majority, not 60 votes, but 51 votes, would make D.C. a state. And Chuck Schumer is continuing to say he supports the statehood of D.C. and of Puerto Rico and He said, we need to seriously look at abolishing the filibuster. That's a big deal. Democrats need to get a few of their own to vote with them. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, they are questionable as to which way they're going to go on this. But I have never seen in my life, and I've been a very careful observer uh, as best I could, to politics. I've been in the ministry my entire life. I started out as a youth pastor and been a youth and music pastor and then a real pastor and a senior pastor. But I've been a close observer of politics because it reflects the nation and the culture that I have spent my life trying to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God will decide whether or not we've been effective and how effective, but I'll tell you, that's been our intent. And, um, I wouldn't have had it any other way, but I've always had a real interest in politics because of the importance of it. And as I said, it reflects what's happening in our culture. So we'll see where this goes, but I have not seen anything quite like this yet. And I think most of you would agree that things are really upside down in America today. Not because it's not because Republicans say so and Democrats are doing so, although they are. It's because the things that we know have made this, although very imperfect, but this wonderful nation that was birthed out of prayer and consideration 
and biblical virtue is all up for grabs. Everything that has made America what it is, exceptional, is being dismantled by the people in power. And they're seeking more power through this matter with D.C. and Puerto Rico. And I think they'll move on it unless somehow they're stopped. But that gives that gives a lot of people a lot of reason to worry. In fact, I've seen several polls lately about the fact that people are, are having a hard time sleeping in America. They're not only experiencing anxiety when they're awake, they can't go to sleep. I saw a poll the other day. I can't remember which polling company it was. It was one I recognized. It was like Pew or one of those. And they, they found in their polling that 71% of Americans say they, they're having a hard time going to sleep at night just because of world conditions and because of the conditions in our culture. Everything's up in the air. I think most of us, even if we're sleeping at night, we can identify with that because it is. And there's something inside of most people, unless we are just given over to this progressivism, something inside of us that just knows that some of this stuff they're doing is not right and it's not going to end well. And it's not about political partisanship. It's just about common sense. There's a lot of common sense in this country. It just isn't amassed in the power centers, Washington, D.C. in particular, and in the state capitals around the country, so many of them, Olympia, Salem. and I mean, they do crazy stuff there, all in the name of progressivism, making progress and all of that. It doesn't make progress. It just destroys people's lives. We know that, and we have a sense of that. A lot of people aren't sleeping, but to those of you who are Christians... Let me just give you a word from the Lord. Psalm 4, verse 8. I will lay lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Okay? You got safety from God. So go to sleep. Get some sleep. Proverbs 3, verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. So you're not only going to start sleeping now, because you know that God is in control, and you are dwelling in his safety, but you're going to have sweet sleep. You're going to sleep well. Hebrews chapter 4, and you've all read this, I'm sure. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 3 and 9 say, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. God is in control. Just relax. Get some sleep. God, God, it's going to work out. But God has called us to be informed, and he's called us to be involved. Salt and light. A message. Truth. In a just a cloud of deception that we live in today. That's how we're to live out our lives. But when you put your head on the pillow, God says, get some sleep. Just put it in his hands. Give it to him. He's in control. He's always been in control before the foundation of the earth. He will be in control 
when this earth is destroyed by fire, when it's when it's destroyed, it's gone. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But God's word is not going to pass away. So we're standing not on Mother Earth, but we're standing on the word of God. So just get some sleep. Don't let it destroy you. Because apparently it is destroying the lives of a lot of people in America right now. Well, the United States and China have agreed to cooperate. Wonderful breakthrough. <laughs> They're going to curb uh, they're going to curb climate change with urgency. Picture of, I wrote an article on that today at faithandfreedom.us. There's a lot of links there, and you should read that if you have an interest in this. Links to substantial information about all of this. But I put a picture on there. We did our office. Put a picture on my article today, Faith and Freedom Daily. It's a picture of, of Biden and Xi, the, the head of the Communist Chinese Party, the head of China, holding up a glass of, I don't know what it what it is, some kind of alcohol. I don't know, maybe it's champagne or something. But anyway, they're holding up a glass. And boy, if you just take a minute and look at their face, each one of them. I mean, it, a, a picture's worth a thousand words. And when you look at Biden, you know, he's he's saying, hey, I got this guy. And and the Chinese guy is looking, you know, at the camera, and hes it's like, yeah, I got Biden right where I want him, and that's probably true, unfortunately. But anyway, they've agreed that they're going to curb climate change with urgency over this weekend. This is formerly known as Earth Day. Now it's Earth Weekend. It's so important. Both China and the U.S., we're told, have made strong pledges and are committed to cooperating with each other and with other countries. So what are they going to do? Well, according to the statement, the U.S. and China are locked in on cooperating with each other and with other countries to tackle climate crisis, which they say must, quote, be addressed with the seriousness and urgency that it demands. John Kerry is Biden's climate guy. I think he calls him a climate czar. I'm not sure. But he says that the language in the agreement is strong. And the two countries agreed on critical elements on where we have to go. And speaking of going, John Kerry is is crisscrossing the earth to save us from this climate change in his private jet, just spewing carbon everywhere. But when he was asked about it by a reporter not long ago, just within the last month, he said, well, he paused. They said, why are you advocating for, you know, cutting down on our carbon footprint and our carbon output, and you're flying around in a private jet, just you and the crew. And Kerry said, well, he said, I'm different. He said, my my task is so important that I have to travel this way. They always feel that way. Any progressive will tell you that my mission is so important that it justifies any means, whether it's lying or riding in a jet spewing carbon when you're out trying to get rid of carbon. It doesn't matter what it is. It always comes down to that. The, their mission, their goal, their their agenda is so noble that anything that they do to achieve that noble end is merited. The end justifies the means. So how bad is this climate crisis? Where do we, as Kerry says, have to go? Well, the progressive left says the science is settled. They say emissions of greenhouse gases and human origin are the main cause of the climate change. 
He said, we're not going to discuss that anymore. In fact, President Obama declared the conversation over a few years ago. They say, he said then, and they're saying now, and they're saying it today all over the world, but especially here in America. The effects of global warming are devastating, and it's becoming more and more urgent that these emissions are reduced to stop humans from exercising so much pressure on the planet. The situation is so critical that the International Energy Agency, IEA, has forecast an increase today in emissions of 130% by 2050 if we continue unabated. Of course, President Biden quickly has responded to that, and he has promised to get rid of carbon emissions by 2050. The most five, or the top five most polluting countries on the planet, according to the IEA, is China, 30%, number one. Number two is the United States, according to them, 15%. Three is India at 7%, and four is Russia at 5%, and number five is Japan at 4%. But the Biden administration has affirmed that they are going to embrace the United Nations and all its causes, I'm quoting the president, and will back the Paris Climate Accords and the World Health Organization. What you begin to see here when you look at what they're saying, particularly today, and what you will be fed with a fire hose over the weekend, that we are on the on the brink. We are on the threshold of this earth literally bursting into flames and burning up. It's going to burn up someday, but probably not this weekend. But you will be told that. But what they do, or they do it very carefully, and I don't say this lightly. I have observed, I spent some time on this. They take all of the issues. It doesn't matter whether it's abortion, gay rights, the economy, It doesn't matter, but they tie it all together with one major um, effort, one major plan. They choose the plan that they think will impact people the most. I'm talking about the progressives. They're very dishonest. They don't tell the truth. They base their actions on lies, provable lies. That's why... It is so important that we figure out our own worldview. Do I believe what I believe based on the Bible? Or do I believe what I believe based on secular, humanistic thinking? And that makes all the difference in the world. We are saved by grace through accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But I'll tell you what we become as people as people of God, makes a lot of difference. And if you look at the world through the world's eyes, and I know too many Christians who claim to have accepted Christ, and I know they have, some of them I know personally, and yet they've they've embraced this secular, humanistic worldview. And worse yet, they vote the people and vote for the people who advance that and vote them into office, including the presidential office, the Oval Office. I've never been able to figure out how that works. And people that I have known throughout my lifetime and and know today, some of them I've known since we were young, I mean kids, they embrace this. And I don't know know how you piece all that together. I'm sure they can explain it, but they've never explained it to me adequately. I just don't know. I'm, I'm a simple man, I guess. But I mean, if you're going to follow God, then why do you not believe him? Why do you make room for all of the 
caveats that these Christians on the left, the Bidens, the Harrises, and all of them, when they're out there destroying and dismantling everything that God has said in his word is good, and they're calling what they're doing good when it's bad, according to God. So I think that's the big question today is first our you know where where are we with Jesus Christ I mean our, do we know him as our savior and if not I would encourage you to simply acknowledge that he is the son of God in a, in a prayer a, a sincere prayer and that you believe in him and you believe that he died and rose from the dead even if you go to church be sure that you have that personal relationship with God and then take a look at what you believe and why you believe it it's about it's about a worldview because the facts just don't match up with these people, whether it's abortion or gay rights or climate change. I mean, they, they interchange these for the sake of impact and for the sake of mo- moving forward, not just a climate agenda, but an entire agenda. And I've watched this, and every time they do this, whatever they think has the most impact, the most shock value, they'll use that to move forward with their agenda. But the agenda is never exclusively about what they're talking about. They always bring all of these other agendas into it. And it becomes a web of deception and confusion. And that's why people who are not informed are most often deceived. Today, 80% of the energy that Americans use to heat their homes, farm their lands, run their factories, drive our cars, It comes from fossil fuels, oil, and natural gas. Only 3.4% comes from solar and wind, despite decades of of government subsidies and mandates to encourage their use. The reason we don't use much sunlight and wind as energy is that they're unreliable. They only work when the sun shines and the wind blows. That's why there's not a town, a country, a city, or or a country that has ever come close to 100% or even 50% of solar and wind. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just simply saying the facts are that it doesn't work. I mean, it's great when it's working. Sure, everybody could have their own windmill and flip on their lights and they would work every time, but they don't. And they come up with these trillion-dollar deals and they pass it out to cronies, and that's what they do, who go out and experiment, and they fail. Obama did that. Biden's get ready to do it. The Center for Sustainable Systems... They they clock wind and solar energy, and they say, they say, and they're not conservative, they say that that, that energy, wind and solar energy, is contributing only 3.8% of the total energy. The liberal response to that is, well, just give us a chance and a couple of trillion dollars and we can fix that. We'll move on. But here's the problem, the disconnect. And you're going to be hearing a lot about this over the weekend if you look at the newspaper or or hear any news on TV or radio or whatever. But a Gallup poll reveals just this last week that climate change is not the most important thing to America. In fact, it's way down the list. But even if you talk about the environment, just focus on the environment, forget about other things for the moment. Gallup said regarding the environment, what is your greatest concern? Nope, it's not. It's not the air. It's not the carbon that John Kerry is spewing out all over the world from his private jet. It's not that. It's not climate change. The crisis that they see in this poll 
is water. <laughs> it's about water. And it's about pure water. They want our rivers, our lakes, our drinking water in cities, and so on. They want that improved. They, they worry about the pollution of both drinking water, the rivers, the lakes, and the reservoirs. 56% of people in America, according to Pew, uh, or Gallup, said that river water, that drinking water is the most important issue as far as environmental issues are concerned. And, they, and 53% said rivers, lakes, and reservoirs are the second most concerning issue environmentally today. So these people that are raging about the climate and about, yeah, you go to China and you can't, you can't see a block ahead of you because of smog, of course. But there's so much science out there that does not line up with this whole idea of man-made carbon creating what we see as smog and pollution in our cities. It just doesn't add up. I, I mean, I'm not saying that because I want I, I'm just saying it doesn't add up. There's this thing out there, and I've got a lot to talk about. Be sure to go to this article today that uh, that I wrote about this at faithandfreedom.us if you have an interest, because I've linked a lot of things, what I'm talking about, and some things I just don't have time to talk about today. But there's this line that you hear again and again and again. And and it is that, you know, the fact that Mother Earth is about to burst into flames and, quote, 97% of climate scientists agree. President Obama said that again and again and again. I think Joe Biden has said it or he tries to say it. 97% of climate scientists agree. And you hear this repeated, but it's not true. In, in fact, a number of institutes, highly respected institutes, Fraser Institute in Canada is one of them. They're quoted a lot, selectively. But it's one of the several organizations that have turned on the light and taken a closer look at this 97% consensus and found it isn't true. I can't go into all the details, but I put links to that today. I would highly recommend you read that report. As I said, it's linked in an article of mine today. It details how the claim that 97% of the world's scientists agree that climate change is man-caused is a fabrication because the highly touted paper that they quote reported that number even though they never asked that question. They extrapolated it from other information. They didn't want to ask the question because they didn't want to get the answer. They already had the answer they wanted. They had to create data to back it up. And these guys and other organizations have proven that. So this whole thing is basically based on a lie. Do we need to clean up the environment? Of course we do. God told us that he created the environment, all that is, and he gave man dominion over it. And I don't know, maybe I'm missing something here, but dominion kind of sounds like to me that we're in charge and we're responsible. So let's take care of it by all means. But this isn't about that. This is about moving an agenda forward. It's about, in, in particular with the Biden people, it's about a massive transfer of wealth. It has little to do with the environment, in my opinion. And it has everything to do with redistribution of wealth from America in particular to some of the poorest countries in the world. And it will end up in the pockets of the dictators who run them. 
Well, thanks for being with me today. And again, read the article. There's a lot more there. But thank you so much. And thank you for your support. I'll see you Monday.